This is the Emergency Medical Minute, sponsored by Health One. Okay, um, so read something recently about uh, a lot of facilities starting to use droperidol again, and most of you guys are pretty young, so you probably don't remember using droperidol or what uh, we usually just lovingly called an apsine all the time. But it used to be something that was used as frequently as Zofran is now here. Um, and droperidol is in a class of medications that technically is an antipsychotic. It's a butyrophenone antipsychotic that was used a lot for post-op nausea vomiting and then just any nausea vomiting. And in the ER, we also used it for things like headache and migraine, as well as agitation. It was used a lot in place of things like Haldol as well. And um, somewhere in the early 2000s, we, we, there was a black box warning given to it for the concerns for QT prolongation and uh, torsades de points, which in most of our experience, we never really saw with our patients. So the initial recommendation was you needed to get an EKG on these patients before you gave it, gave the medica- give the medication, get an EKG again, make sure that they don't have any risk for torsades and make sure they're not having any uh, uh, untoward reactions, which made it incredibly unwieldy to use it. And within a year, the use of droperidol across the United States dropped by something like 95%. Um, and so a few years later, uh, not surprisingly, the companies that made droperidol just stopped making it because it wasn't, it was generic and it didn't make them any money. But uh, in the last, uh, after six years of not being available at all, um, uh, there's a, another company that's now making it and there's been kind of a resurgence in uh, interest in using it and lately some new studies to look at its safety. And so that's what I was going to go over today. So there was a study in the Western Journal of Emergency Medicine uh, this year to look at the incidence of QT prolongation or torsades. And uh, it was a level one trauma center. It was in America, which most of those other studies that showed that maybe there was a higher risk were not. Um, and what they did is they went back and they looked at patients before, basically, before the black box warning came out. So they looked back in their EMR and looked for all the patients who got droperidol um, and then looked f- to see if any of those got EKGs and if they could document any changes at all. And so they found 15,000 non-critical patients that received 18,000 doses of droperidol. 2,500 of those had EKGs and 170 of those had EKGs before and after. And what they found in those patients was the mean QTC before was 424 milliseconds and the mean QTC afterwards was 427 milliseconds. So completely um, exactly the same. They looked at critically ill patients um, and they found basically 396 patients who had before and after EKGs and the, the mean QTC was 435 for both of them, exactly the same. They found a single case in looking at 18,000 patients. They found a single case of torsades and it occurred in a patient with multiple risk factors. It was felt to probably not be from the droperidol because it was somebody who was a cocaine stuffer who had a seizure and then a cardiac arrest 11 hours after receiving droperidol and it has a half-life of two and a half hours. So so in their study, to be exact, they said it had a, you know, had a percentage of risk of 0.006%, but essentially it was 0.00 in their 18,000 patients. So torsades is extremely rare. The black box warning was probably um, over 
overstated, and I think most people agree with that. And there's been other review studies as well. One recently that also looked at 67,000 patients who got droperidol with zero uh, uh, episodes of cardiac arrest with it. So right now it's not in our formulary. I think uh, HCA still wants you to get an EKG and do the, then get an EKG before and after, and it's just too unwieldy to do, but it might be something that we see coming back. We are on a quest to provide the world with free medical education. Please help us out by rating us on iTunes, following us on social media, and subscribing to our newsletter at emergencymedicalminute.com.